This podcast is sponsored by Position Green. To be an insider, you can subscribe to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable, wherever you get your podcasts from. And please, leave us a five-star rating. Welcome to the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, host Mike Niemer will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education's important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now, here's Mike Niemer. Happy New Year and welcome in to another episode of the Green Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Culver, and with me as always is the CEO of eRenewable, Mike Niemer. To kick off 2024, we have not one, but two special guests in store for you. The co-CEOs of Origin Materials, Rich Riley and John Bissell, join Mike to talk on how they built the world's leading carbon-negative material company. But before we jump into that conversation, we have to check in with Mike's better half, eRenewable CEO, Ann Niemer. Position Green helps companies build resilient and sustainable organizations. Position Green has a unique combination of ESG software, advisory, e-learning, and assurance that drives sustainability success and empowers positive change. Visit positiongreen.com to learn more. Thanks, Ann. And now here's Mike Niemer with the co-CEOs of Origin Materials, Rich Riley and John Bissell. Welcome to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by Renewable. I'm Mike Niemer, your host today, and I have two guests on, which is quite unusual. Usually we only have one, but today we have the co-CEOs from Origin Materials, Mr. Rich Riley and John Bissell. John is also the co-co-founder of the Origin Materials from back in 2008. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to hear about Origin Materials. You guys are known as the world's leading carbon-negative material company, and I can't wait to hear more about that. John and Rich, welcome to the Green Insider. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Um, yeah, it's my pleasure. So why don't you guys, uh, let's, John, let's start with you, since you were, you were there in the beginning. Rich came a couple of years later. Tell us a little about, bit about your journey for yourself personally and how you ended up uh, starting Origin. Sure, sure. So I'm a chemical engineer by training, um, which means that, you know, chemicals and materials and energy are are sort of home turf. I mean, that's, that's sort of what I think about all the time and have for a long time. Um, and, you know, in, in the spectrum of chemical engineers, there's sort of mechanical, chemical engineers that are more like mechanical engineers, chemical engineers more like physical chemists. And I, I tend towards the latter side. Um, and so as part of, um, you know, getting training, I guess, as a chemical engineer, I was, I was pretty involved, and, and so was my co-founder, Ryan Smith, uh, involved in a lot of the research that was going on around campus. And more generally, you know, we, we fancied ourselves technologists, I guess, at the time. Um, and so we were really interested to see, well, what are the places where we could have an impact uh, from a technological perspective? And as we looked across all the different big problems that, that people were facing, um, you know, climate change stuck out as one that was uh, was particularly notable, um, especially in 2007, 8, 9 period. Um, I think certainly the the first wave of climate change and climate impact technology um, had begun, but by no means was it something that stretched out across um, uh, sort of everybody's concerns in the way that it starts to feel like it does. Excuse me, it does now. Um, and so... 
we, I get, you know, in retrospect, we were pretty early. We didn't feel like we were necessarily all that early then. Um, but, but, but in retrospect, again, I think we were. Uh, and so that was a big driver for us was, was, you know, what are the interesting problems that can be solved? Um, how can we use, um, chemical technology to do that. And uh, and this sort of was the, this was the path that emerged for us. Well, very good. Rich, uh, how about a little backstory on yourself? And I know uh, you guys, I believe, if I remember my stories right, uh, started around 2010 with Origin, correct? Yeah, so I spent most of my career as an internet entrepreneur, um, sold my first company to Yahoo. We invented the toolbar, spent 13 years there in a variety of roles and eventually on the executive management team and then was CEO of the music app Shazam. And we sold that to Apple in 2018. And in 2010, I had invested in Origin, um, which was a very um, early stage startup at that time. And so it was you know, largely an investment in John and, uh, and Ryan and their vision. And over the years would invest, you know, more and more as they kept progressing the company. And as I was thinking about what to do next, it, um, the stars sort of aligned up in terms of them needing to go raise large amounts of capital and scale the company because the technology was proven, the customer demand was off the charts. And uh, John and I had known and respected each other for a long, long time. And we were able to uh, to join forces. And so I've, I've been here about three years. Well, that's phenomenal. Well, I need you guys to explain not only to myself, but to the listeners. Tell us about this carbon negative material company that you guys have. What does that mean to everybody that's just to listen to this? What does that mean? Because I see the list of long list of Fortune 200s that you guys have as clients. What is it that you guys are doing that's that's uh, creating this buzz out there? Yeah, well, I mean, the carbon negative really is referring to the overall carbon impact or carbon footprint of the products we make. Um, and the way, you know, there are a variety of ways to get to carbon negative. Um, the way that we do it is uh, we use residual biomass as our feedstock. What, what that basically means is, you know, photosynthesis sucks carbon out of the air and fixes it into the plant. We have all kinds of things as humans that we use plants for, um, whether it's food or structural materials for building, things like that. And the residues from the processing of that, you know, the residues of making food, the residues of making building materials, ultimately, uh, if those aren't appropriately treated, then they're going to turn back into CO2 that goes back into the atmosphere. So CO2 came out of the atmosphere to make the plant, the residues put it back in. And what we do is we take those residues and we lock them up in materials um, so that those materials can be further used and ideally sort of recycled indefinitely, um, if possible. And that's where we get the low carbon footprint is really a combination of photosynthesis plus um, low emissions technology to convert those into materials. Um, and we think that, you know, what's interesting about materials is there are actually a relatively small number of different building blocks that get used to make the vast majority of the materials that we use as a human species. And so if you can have a really uh, large impact on a single one of those building blocks, then you can actually have a pretty disproportionate impact on the carbon footprint of materials in general. And that's where we get excited. And that's also where a lot of our customers come into play. Well, um, I know that uh, you guys are involved not only in that, that you, your main business is as sustainable as you're known as a sustainable manufacturing company. And you use somewhere I saw on the internet, as you all know, my computer's down, so we're on the phone now. <laughs> but there was something about a plant-based 
plastic that you guys have been involved with. Is that, do I remember that correctly? Yeah. So that's when I talk about biomass. Um, so biomass is something that comes from, from photosynthesis. Um, so it's sort of the generic term for all the different kinds of things that you can make from plants, right? Um, from rootstock to trunks, to leaves, branches, stems, could even be um, the sort of uh, fruit and starchy product. Um, all that counts under the big umbrella of biomass. And when I talk about being able to use that to make chemicals, you know, it's all those different things. And and of course, a, a really pithy way to say that is it's uh, it's plant-based materials, right? Because these are um, photosynthetically derived feedstocks, which then feed into our chemical process. So it's uh, ultimately, it, it maybe wasn't grown by the plant, but it was made from the plant. Well, that's terrific. You know, you've got so many customers. Can you share what commonly known products are in the marketplace that the average listeners will know of that your product's actually in? Could you guys share some of that information? So our, our products can go into about a trillion dollars of products per year. Some of the mo more notable ones might be PET plastic, which would be uh, a water bottle, for example, or a, a beverage or, or food container. Also, your clothes, our clothes are all full of polyester fibers, which is the same thing from a molecular perspective. And so all the all the fancy clothes that stretch and you know have all these amazing capabilities, uh, we can make those from plants instead of from from oil. We also can make tires and uh, from plants instead of from oil. And in tires, in particular, we have a uh, especially advantaged versus the sort of current way of doing things, which is a very you know using sort of uh, the bottom of the refinery kind of things. And there's carcinogens and and lots of you know suboptimal qualities and we can make that through our process we can also make biofuels um and then just a, a wide range of other chemical things that go into everything from paints to shampoos and, and all kinds of things and our, our product portfolio starts from we have a better carbon footprint in fact a negative carbon footprint and we've been able to continually make progress towards having functional advantages so we have a sustainability advantage and better performance, whether that's in the shirt or the tire or something like that. And we're continuing to work on things where we have a safety advantage, where our materials would lack some of the um, health issues that come from oil and gas derived chemicals, and also some, some really unique functional advantages where we're really the only way to do it. So we've got this pl uh, platform technology, which we continue to advance, and we continue to um, discover things that you know we wouldn't have we weren't even dreaming of just a few years ago. Well, the thing that is going to be simplest for the listeners to understand is comparing your tire to the traditional tire. So your carbon intensity, your CI score is going to be a negative, right? I'm assuming, correct? Yeah, so the way to think about that is the materials are a lot of the CI score for most products. And so, yeah, our CI score, um, you know, when we're when we're – at the fully developed commercial scale, our CI scale is we expect to be negative or or damn near if it's not for a given product, and um, and without that extremely low CI score for a material, it's almost impossible for something like a tire or a bottle or a shirt to end up with a with a net zero or negative CI. 
And so we we solve the problem for the material, and that's a huge part of the problem for all the ultimate products that you're dealing with. Well, you know, the listeners are familiar for, with CI score because we probably have had uh, you guys are episode 218, and we probably have had half a dozen on renewable natural gas. We talk about the CI score in those conversations. So out of curiosity, do you know on the shirt, the bottle, or the tire, what the CI score is traditionally made without your clean components that you put into it? Do you know what that difference is between traditional versus your tire or your shirt? Yeah, you know, so I you would think that I would have a model version of a tire CI score in my head, but I don't. Um, that said, what I can say is, especially for things like textiles, the the um, the variance can be pretty big based on the post treatment. So you know, if you if you buy a shirt that's dyed one color versus another color, or dyed with one quality of dye or a different one, that can have a pretty sizable impact. Um, but generally speaking, if you're looking at the actual material the shirt's made out of. The, the the carbon impact of that material is in sort of the low to mid double digit percentages. So think of that as like somewhere between 10 and 50% of the CI score for a shirt comes just from the, the, the material it's made from. But the cost of that material is extremely small as a fraction of the price of the shirt. So you might be dealing with 150 grams of polyester that goes into a shirt and polyesters, you know, maybe a couple of bucks a kilogram. So you're talking about fractions of a dollar of actual materials cost in a given item, but a huge proportion of the total carbon impact for that item. And well, you Mike, know, yeah, go ahead, Rich. One of the reasons we have over $10 billion in, in orders is because for companies that are very large consumers of PET plastic, or carbon black, which is the particular tire material that we're talking about uh, replacing. For them to decarbonize, meet their net zero goals, you know, they, they really need technology like ours. And there are very few of any alternative options. Well, congratulations. You guys should be quite proud of, uh, of the company you've built and the products you're producing because, you know, Hats off to you. You guys are helping everybody work towards net zero and actually all the way to real zero at the end of the day. And that's what everybody's ultimate goal is. Because I do have a phrase that stood out when I was on your website before my computer crashed. Green energy isn't always enough, if I remember right, was written on there. And that is so true. And you guys are doing a lot. Do you have, why don't you expand on? why you put that on your website and why that's so important for the listeners and people across around the world to, to remember. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, appropriately, there's been a lot of focus on how do we produce low carbon energy, right? So everything from solar, wind, um, nuclear, I think what gets lost in the shuffle sometimes is the fact that all of the physical goods that we make, right. I mean, literally everything that we're dealing with, um, that is a tangible item has to be made out of materials of some sort. And the vast majority of those materials are synthetic. Um, and that is a large proportion of the total carbon footprint of the, of the species that we're trying to reduce. So you can solve the energy stuff. There's still a bunch of carbon emitted as a result of making the materials or making the physical goods. And we need to make sure that we're paying attention to that because 
There are a lot of places where we believe that it's much more economically efficient to eliminate the carbon footprint from the physical good um, than it is to try to get even better on energy, right? There's always an economic trade-off. And, um, and we need to make sure that we're balancing that all the way through. We think that the platform that we're, uh, technology that we're developing is one of those places where it's extremely economically efficient to remediate the carbon impact through our technology um, rather than just uh, driving yet another energy uh, improvement. Well, it's exciting to hear you guys talk about what you've done and where you started. And, you know, as Rich said, $10 billion in orders. I mean, uh, if you're on Shark Tank, that'd say, they'd say, well, sales speaks volumes for how it, the, the need for your products. And Lord knows you've got 10 billion <laughs> items to say that this more, this product's needed. So thank you guys for that. Uh, that's a lot to be proud of. And so uh, I admire the efforts that you guys have gone through and what you've accomplished. So hats off to you all. So, Thank you. Certainly not, certainly not easy. <laughs> not easy. This market is not easy. Uh, whichever the side of the fence you're on, trying to make anything greener, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, my podcast trying to educate the public or your company trying to help better society. It's all hard, you know, because there's we all run into stumbling blocks all along the path. And it's a matter who keeps going. And uh, you guys have been, you know, John, you've been at it since 2008 at Origin. And look where you're at now. I'm sure it's been worth every step that you've taken. What's next for you guys? Where do you guys see uh, your markets evolving to? And what's on the horizon for you guys? Yeah, well, um, scale is is a real driver for us, right? The more we can get scale, the better, the more of an impact we can have, and of course, it drives our business at the same time. Um, so we're always looking towards the next plant. How can we get to the next efficient, um, productive plant that's going to supply our customers with the materials that they need? You know, if we have a ten billion dollar order book, that means a lot of plants need to get built just to satisfy the order book that we've already got. Let alone uh, the rest of the market. Um, that's one. I think two is um, what we're finding as we develop sort of our technology platform. You know, there are parts of it where it can plug straight into the existing petrochemical infra infrastructure and make something that's exactly the same as what people are making right now, just in a different way that has a lower carbon impact. Uh, but we can also make things that the traditional petrochemical infrastructure can't make. Um, and those are exciting because those have uh, better functionality in a lot of places. So they just, they're materials that literally perform better than what's out there. Um, in addition to being green. Um, and that enables sometimes new applications. So we're excited about some of the other um, applications that we, we've been developing where we think there's economic opportunity and sustainability opportunity in the use of the materials uh, and new uses for those materials, not just the fact that we're making them and well, substituting other petrochemical materials from them. Well, the plants that you've talked about that you have, uh, where are your plants located and how many do you have? So we have um, our first plant is up in Sarnia, Ontario, in Canada. Uh, it's just across the border from Detroit, um, well, an hour from Detroit. Um, and uh, we brought that plant online relatively recently. So we're, we're excited about that. We're learning all kinds of things from that plant, making making materials for our customers. Um, and then we have a second plant that we're working on down in uh, Louisiana. Uh, we're deep in engineering for that plant. And um, that one will be uh, quite a bit larger even than the one in Canada. Um, so we're excited about that plant as well. Uh, and then, of course, um, our business is driven by, you know, how many of these plants can we build over time? 
the markets that we're entering are enormous markets. And so you're looking at, you know, dozens and hundreds of these plants over the course of uh, of the next few decades. Uh, that would be the impact that we'd like to make and that we think is reasonable for us to make from this technology. Well, gentlemen, I'm uh, I'm in Houston. So if you ever come through Houston to get to your Louisiana location, uh, please look me up. I'd love to be able to uh, set you down and maybe get you in studio for one of those follower Fridays I taught, discussed before the show to have you give everybody an update on how that plant Louisiana, because that's kind of in our neck of the woods here in Texas. So uh, I'd appreciate hearing about that. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on the Green Insider. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Rich Riley and John Bissell from Origins Material. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Enjoyed it. Thanks again to John Bissell and Rich Riley for being a part of the Green Insider Podcast. And thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Ron Culver, reminding you that if you are not yet a subscriber to the Green Insider Podcast, don't hesitate and become one today from wherever you receive your podcasts. And please leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was sponsored by Position Green. For an introduction to our sponsor or find out how you too could be a sponsor, refer to our show notes to contact eRenewable and the Green Insider Podcast.